Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... For each Queenslander, there's 212 containers per person per year that are landing up in landfill or litter. So it's up to all of us to to do the right thing with those containers and take them to a recycling facility that can repurpose those at the end of their life. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 397 of Impact Boom. My name is Eliana Cruz, and I'm passionate about bringing the latest interviews and insights of the Business for Good movement. Today, we're speaking with Chris Fenn. Chris is the co-founder of Being by Path, a Brisbane-based social enterprise fabricating public space recycling infrastructure to assist state container deposited schemes in diverting recycled containers from landfill. A graduate of QUT's business management program, Chris was president of the Sydney Chamber of Commerce for five years, where he refined his understanding of main street activation, public space democratization, and tactical urbanism. His proficiency with bringing innovative products to market is seen, largely from his time running some of the Sydney's premier shared creative workspaces, in particular as managing director of Makerspace and Company. Chris oversaw a multi-department design incubator providing space, facilities, and education to Sydney's maker community. In 2020, Chris's business partner and friend, Jonathan Gibson, approached Chris to help develop an idea he had been working on and the Beam Bypass sign journey began. After some initial prototyping, Jonathan and Chris officially co-founded Beam Bypass in 2021 and are just about to bring an exciting recycled plastic product to market together in partnership with Containers for Change Queensland. On today's podcast, we'll discuss Chris' experience and insight into his work with Circular Economy and innovative design and his skill learnings from participating in the Elevate Plus 2023 Accelerator Program. Chris, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks, Ayana. Really nice to be here and 397 episodes deep. What an amazing achievement. Such a great podcast. Love it. Thank you so much. So to start off, could you please share a little bit about your background and what led you to work in the social impact space? So I think quite a bit in that introduction went through my most recent experience that's led to doing product design and bringing products to market. In particular, working in the social impact space, I've always tried to do for-purpose businesses or projects. So 
my first business was a coffee cart out the front of QUT and Parliament House in Brisbane, um, which was operating in a public space. And I really got an understanding for the university students and their passions of the future and got a good insight into what was coming and what the kids cared about, really. I had my own dream at the time to actually produce events for the music industry, which led me down to Sydney for 10 years. So sold the coffee cart and chased the dream and started a business called Gorilla Gigs, which was all about putting live music in public space and this idea of democratizing public space. So as a Gen Y, obviously public space is one of our best assets because private space has been hard to afford or get your hands on or secure a lease on for so long. So a lot of my work has been in public space and trying to make that work for the broader community around those spaces so whether that's businesses whether that's local residents or school children the elderly so my previous business as you said was parklets which are public space seating areas that occupy car parking spaces and that was a bit of a mid-30s punk project that turned into a very viable business during covid when all of a sudden people needed outdoor space and we needed to space people out for outdoor dining and cities realized that the car parking space that took up so much of their outside area could actually be utilized in different ways. So I got a bit lucky there in my journey. And the other thing that you mentioned in the introduction was about to make a space and company. So I had the pleasure after doing guerrilla gigs for a couple of years and getting some projects off the ground there to meet an investor who was starting a creative workspace. So I got to manage a space in Sydney, meet a whole bunch of interesting people and some really purpose-led businesses as tenants. Sendal was a really successful business that came through our space and they do carbon neutral, environmentally positive courier services. Basically, they do bookings for logistics and they really wore their purpose on their sleeve. And I saw how successful they became, they expanded to America. It really opened my eyes to people's willingness and desire to take on products and invest in services from for-purpose businesses and also the satisfaction that it brought their employees to be working for a greater purpose. So yeah, I've had a lot of exposure to excellent businesses and I've never really enjoyed the not-for-profit model. I run a chamber of commerce and been involved in arts organizations, but I've definitely seen more outcomes from organizations that have focused on for-profit and trying to predominantly make their income from trade. And that gives them independence and freedom to make impact and change in the areas they're passionate about, not just ticking boxes for councils and governments that want their own outcome. But you can actually be the change by like securing that income stream and having control over what you do with your money. As the co-founder of Being By Path, can you please share more about this enterprise, its purpose, and the impact it's generating? As you said in the introduction there, my friend Jonathan Gibson, who couldn't be on the podcast today, is currently in the air on a flight. He approached me with this idea for a product to help people stop having to rummage through bins to collect containers to get the 10 cent reward. We were both living in Sydney at the time and he was living in Darlinghurst actually and had people on the regular rummaging through the street bins out the front of his house and also bins out the back of his house and he's you know 
we're friendly guys, so got chatting to a couple of them and, yeah, heard about some of the injuries and inefficiencies of collecting that way. Also, some of the abuse that they've had to deal with just to basically be doing what we all should be doing and recycling the products that we consume. So Bin Bypass is a simple attachment and he designed the initial concept and had it fabricated by another mate of his and brought it to me. And basically it was originally like a collection shelf that sat on a bin or a wall or a fence. And we turned that into a bit more of a globally unique product design. So we went through a full-on design journey and um, ended up with a container deposit shelf that retrofits existing street bins all across Australia where there isn't currently an option for people to recycle so under 20 percent of australia's street bins actually allow consumers to do the right thing with the containers that they are consuming the rest you have to put into a general waste bin which goes to landfill or litter which obviously is terrible or take it with you and bring it back to your home to actually put in the recycling scheme. So yeah, we've created a simple intervention, which is a product that just attaches to these bins, allows people to leave their containers for others to collect. And that improves the safety, the efficiency, and the dignity with which collectors can take these containers and get the 10 cent reward for doing so. So that's a little bit about bin bypass in a nutshell. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your journey. My next question is, uh, what have some of your biggest challenges been on the beam bypass journey so far? And what lessons have you learned as a result? Now, some of the challenges on that journey, it feels like we've been designing forever. And we have. (laughs) The biggest lesson is patience and trusting in the design process. We could have gone to market very early um, at Makerspace and Company. I had access to facilities. We were able to rapidly prototype. We developed a, a minimum viable product very early. And we did some testing out in the street. And instead of just turning a blind eye to what we actually saw in the testing, we noticed some things and we noticed some limitations on the product and listened to feedback. I think some of the feedback that we got We went for an awesome foundation grant of $1,000 back in the day and we didn't get it. And the feedback from one of the board members was what's stopping me from just screwing a shower caddy to a fence and doing the same thing. (laughs) It was a bit of an insult, (laughs) (laughs) bit of a burn, bit of a burn. So we took that on board and refined the design to make it look like a more considered product that was there for a specific purpose. And we really had this a few overarching principles. Obviously, we wanted it to work for the people that were collecting. So nice, smooth, easy, able to see the bottles and containers that are stored in it from afar. Obviously, be quite easy to maintain as well. So other stuff didn't get put in there and clog it up and just become a secondary bin. There's a few considerations there. But one of the things that also happened was we moved up to Brisbane. He moved up a year or so after I did. And We continued working on it and we had some meetings with potential clients, so containers for change. And in another throwaway comment in a meeting there with a client was, if this was made out of a recycled product, it would just be next level. And, yeah. and, yeah. and they put us in touch with a design group here in Southeast Queensland we didn't know about. And I've made products from recycled plastic before. And as you said, we had a recycled plastics lab in Makerspace and company. So I understood the process, but it's very challenging. There's a real need for Australian 
businesses to make products out of recycled materials, but there's some real barriers to entry, especially if you're a startup or a bootstrap startup like we are, to actually go through the process and come out the other side and be guaranteed at the other side that you'll come out with a product that, that is fit for purpose and is able to be manufactured here in Australia as well. So there's a lot of considerations in doing stuff with recycled plastic. I was a bit wary. Anyway, the company Evolve Group, which is based in Crestmead in Logan, we went down there and had a meeting with them and they presented this really awesome pathway that the design of their jacket we, we had an instant connection with and we, yeah, got a lot of faith that we could actually make a recycled plastic product. So we once again went down the design wormhole because we had a, a really well-functioning metal folded metal product at that stage. But yeah, we haven't looked back because we've really innovated and iterated and learnt from our clients and held off. We've seen some product go to market around Australia, but we are very comfortable that the time we've taken and the money we've invested to get to where we are now, we can have a bigger impact because we've got a scalable solution that's much easier and safer to attach to a lot of different public in infrastructure poles, upright poles. So lots of different considerations that if we'd have gone to market, we wouldn't be able to hit. And we also now have this really awesome impact component where we actually are using recycled materials to make our product. And so not only are we improving access to revenue streams for people that need it out in society by the 10 cent containers, not only are we diverting landfill, so there's obvious benefits there environmentally, but we're also reusing materials that would otherwise go to waste. So our recycled plastic product that we're bringing to market is going to be made out of HDPE plastic, which is industrial grade plastic, which is actually underground cabling, the conduits that cover underground cabling, like the oh. big black. So they actually get ripped up out of the ground, you know, and wow. they go to a facility here in Queensland again that repurposes them and shreds them and they'll be injected, injection molded into our product and be super tough and ready to deal with everything that happens and is thrown at them out on the streetscape. So it's very exciting. And so yeah, the biggest lesson is really trust in the design process, listen to the feedback and take it on board. And I know everyone's all about this minimum viable product, yeah. but I was told pretty early on by a mentor of mine that you want to get a minimum lovable product. A product oh, that wow. That's interesting. Love <laughs> and that you love yeah. and transcends just a, a purpose. It's actually something that people really get akin to and, and, and feel connected to. So fingers crossed, that's the reaction we get when we go to market later this year. Amazing. That's really interesting. Thank you for sharing all the stages of the design process for this triple impact product. And yeah, um, well, Impact Boom is proud to be working with you on the Elevate Plus accelerator program and my next question is what are some of the key lessons from the program that you think is valuable for other purpose-led entrepreneurs seeking to create impact yeah really happy to be part of the program feel very privileged to be learning from you and sarah and tom and the other facilitators that you bring in it's been a really great journey as you mentioned i did business a little while ago at qt and back then um, ethics and environmental impacts weren't super front of mind, but obviously that's changed a lot now. But I've really loved the program's practicality, being able to go through a 20-week process where each week you're actually learning something that you can apply straight away. So for us, we came to the program, you know, with a product that we're pretty happy with now, we're very happy with, 
We came with a product. We had our first client, so we had signed a deal, which is very exciting with Containers for Change to help bring the product to market. So it's a genuine partnership with an industry body. And we've always been for purpose at the center of what we were doing, but we'd never articulated that. So what Elevate Plus is doing is helping us to talk to why we do this, who we do it for, and what our ambitions are and our goals to scale and how that actually will have yeah, environmental and social impacts. So some simple things that I actually wasn't across was the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. So we've now aligned with three of those goals, which is really exciting because it makes you feel connected to a global movement. And that's genuinely what social enterprise and social impact is all about. You know, it's empowering businesses to take on challenges in the world and do their bit, not rely on government or others to sort things out. So for us, we've aligned ourselves with the access to revenue. So we've set a goal during this program of, of getting 10,000 of our products out there in market by the end of 2026, which is really exciting and really achievable, actually. We look like we'll have 2,000 out there by the end of next financial year, and then that will grow year on year. So if we do that, we'll have provided... $186 million in access to revenue for people that collect these containers. That's $186 million bucks going into sporting cultural organizations that have these containers getting collected and also people that are marginalized or at risk that are going around and doing the hard yards for society and doing the recycling activities that others aren't doing. There's a real broken link in the chain when we talk about street bins and general waste bins in Australia and our product helps to plug that. So the other thing that we'll be doing, so that aligns to United Nations Sustainable Development Goal number eight, which is providing decent work and economic growth. Number 11 is sustainable cities and communities. So We've aligned that with our landfill diversion. So once again, 10,000 units by the end of 2026, we'll have diverted 1.86 billion containers from landfill. And that is a modest, that's a modest estimation. That is based on our observations in the field of our containers recycling, yeah. each product recycling at least three containers per day. And some of these inner city tests that we've done have seen, you know, three and four times that because... Um, our individual units hold six containers each and they turn over. People come and collect them quite regularly in the inner city, but we can also have multiple different multiples of our product attached beside each other or on top of each other or back to back on a pole so we can have increased capacity there. So yeah, we've gone at three containers per day per units and that's 1.86 billion by the end of 2026, which is pretty crazy. In Queensland alone, we currently leak, which is the technical term, leakage, 1.137 billion containers into landfill or to litter that aren't yet collected through the Containers for Change program. Containers for Change is currently recycling 62% of containers that enter the market. So it's a pretty crazy stat. And that's on all of us to sort out. That per capita for each Queenslander is 212 containers per person per year that are landing up in landfill or litter. So it's up to all of us to do the right thing with those containers and take them to a recycling facility that can repurpose those at the end of their life. And it's also up to councils and to shopping centres and universities and anyone who puts a bin in public space to provide people with an option to actually recycle those containers. We've all got a role to play and we're trying to help, obviously, both sides of the, of the situation. Um, but yeah, those 1.137 billion containers, get this right, that if you lined them up beside each other, they would go across Australia 
Byron Bay to Western Australia 18 and a half times. And I'll get a little local stat for all the Queenslanders out there. If you piled up all those containers, they would weigh as much as three gateway bridges. So all the concrete in the gateway bridges that you see, three times that in, in just containers and waste. So some pretty epic stats actually, and a little bit scary, but we have got so many great things in place to sort that out. And we're all part of the solution and contains for change are doing amazing work, working with us and other partners to help to sort that out and finish off my long winded answer. <laughs> the, third, <laughs> the third sustainable development goal that we're working on is the responsible consumption and production. So that's where we look at our own manufacturing activities and we've chosen to work with recycled materials. So if we get 10,000, not if, when we get 10,000 units out there by the end of 26, we'll mm -hmm. have recycled seven tons of materials that would be reused in our manufacturing. So yeah, it's all very exciting. And the Elevate Plus program has helped us to quantify that and really set some sites on some targets for our impact and be comfortable communicating those as well publicly, which we're about to revise our website to, to be loud and proud of what we're trying to achieve. Amazing. Thank you, Chris, for sharing this. And my next question is, what are some of the key learnings that you can share with other change makers looking to grow their impact? Yeah, I think, you know, when I used to have a coffee cart and I'd teach people how to make coffee, I wouldn't start with how do you make a good coffee? I'd start with how do you make a bad coffee? And for me, how do you make a bad business is you don't focus on the business. In social enterprises, we're all very passionate people and we're all wanting to make a change. And a lot of people really focus on that purpose. And that's very important. Don't get me wrong. But the what some of the valuable things in the Elevate Plus program is really focusing it also back on the business and the basics, you know, mm -hmm. to be able to have that impact, you have to grow a really sustainable business and you have to have really great products and services that people actually want and your impact will organically grow with it. So I think that's the thing is definitely keep that impact close to your heart and close to the center of everything, but you've really got to build a business that competes equally with other solutions out there. You know, that's the thing. There's no points for trying in this field. You're out there in the open market competing with other products that may not be for purpose or may not have the impact that you have. But if your product is not as good or better than theirs and doesn't provide the clients with the solutions they're looking for, you're not going to achieve the impact that you set out for. So yeah. 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 Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing this. My next question is what inspiring projects or initiatives have you come across recently, which are creating positive social change? There's so many just in our cohort of Elevate Plus participants. I really encourage people to come along and hear from them. Our pitch night that's coming up on June 15th. This goes to air before then. More broadly, there's a company that I follow called CBIN. Obviously, they're in a very similar space to what we're doing, but focusing on a different problem they're looking to solve, which is obviously litter that is making its way into our waterways. And they've got this really amazing solution that they've developed. And I think it was done in the north coast of or the northern rivers of New South Wales. So basically they've started recently working with City of Sydney and they've refined their model to be really about impact measurement. So they've obviously got a product that helps to suck essentially 
waste from the ocean and filter it for collection, but they're also really honing in on measurement and providing data and real understanding around the problem. So they've been really inspiring to watch their development and they've got this equity crowdfunding campaign at the moment. So you can actually become an investor in them right now, which is really exciting evolution of business now where you can actually buy in a percentage of businesses through equity crowdfunding. So yeah, CBIN, if you haven't heard of those guys, check them out for sure. I will isolate one out of our cohort once again on a similar style of problem solving that we're into and that is the Save Our Supplies, which I think you've just had feature on this podcast as well. So Claire is looking at recycling waste from hospitals and sending that to different markets where it's acceptable to use. So yeah, really love obviously, and very passionate about the waste management space and turning, turning trade into a resource by giving it a value. So yeah, really love what she's doing as well. Amazing. Thank you, Chris. We will share all the links to this project in our website. So our listeners can have a look and to finish off what books or resources would you recommend to our listeners? The best resource that I've had in my home is, is surrounding myself with people that are better than I am. Usually this means older people who I've always found more interesting on the whole than people my own age. But that's not generally, that's not 100% true, but just <laughs> people who are leaders in their own field, you know, learn from them, help them out, be part of their solution. And you really get a deep understanding of how they've actually executed something and realized their vision. So for me, there's been some amazing mentors in my career so far and working with Jonathan as well. He's got a whole different skill set that I don't have. So we really work well together so but it is hard you have to eat some humble pie sometimes and listen which means shutting up and actually absorbing the situation and that's been really great in the elevate plus program as well is hearing other people's stories and other people's passions and how they're going about realizing solutions but yeah you've got to be you've got to come to the party and take the change on board and, and be willing to better yourself so yeah for me the best resources are other people that are doing things that you respect and admire. That's very beautiful, Chris. Excellent advice. And I just want to thank you very much for your generous insights and time. We wish you all the best. And we want to invite people who are listening to this podcast to see Chris and other social innovators doing their final pitch the 15th of June, which is going to be the Elevate Plus Social Enterprise Celebration. Thank you so much, Chris. And it was a pleasure pleasure to have you in our podcast. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter. Thank you.